Good to be back with you again, and I take these liberties, you know, because, well, right now I can do it. <laughs> After so many years of pastoring, it's, it's a little disjointed. I feel a little disjointed when I go to church and, and I'm no longer the preacher, I'm no longer doing certain things. Now I'm back in my old stomping ground. Thank you. And thanks to Pastor Kelly for inviting me to fill in this morning. I think many of you know that Kelly and I go way, way, way back to the time when she entered ministry out of Bethany in San Francisco and her first church. I, I sent her to her first church in San Francisco and the people didn't want her to leave, but she had to move on to other places. And so whenever she calls, I tend to respond. However, this is one thing that she did. She got me to say yes to this. And then after she left town, she sent me another email asking if I would come back in May. <laughs> well, I responded quickly saying, sorry, we'll be out of state. I get a reply back, sorry, I'm out of the office for a week and it'll be okay. <laughs> so she'll get my, you'll know before she knows. But I will be attending my 50th class reunion at Morehouse College uh, in May. And it will be so interesting to go back and see all of these old men. <laughs> because I haven't, I haven't aged a bit. You know, they're, they're going to see me and say, what happened to you? I'm going to say, it's California living. <laughs> and now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in God's sight. God who is my strength, God who is my redeemer. I received an email this week and I decided that I would use it this morning. This came from one of my, my friends, my, one of my best buddies. We've been together since first grade. Now that tells you how long ago it's been. He's retired military and he has nothing to do like me. So he sits on the internet you know, sending things out. And so he sent me this email and I said, well, I'd like this. I think I can use it. He and I don't always agree on things. He has, being a military background, he has one way of thinking. My being somewhat of a liberal theologian, I think another way. But we all come together when we sit at the table and we eat and well, we're in California. We have a little glass of wine. You notice we have a little glass of wine. <laughs> and so we, we talk. And so I'm looking forward to being with him for at least a few hours when we're back in Georgia. This is what he had sent to me. It says, what happens in heaven when we pray? And he said, this is one of the nicest emails I have ever seen. This is the email. I dreamed that I went to heaven and an angel was showing me around. We walked side by side inside a large workroom filled with angels. 
my angel guide stopped in front of the first section and said, this is the receiving section. Here, all petitions to God said in prayer are received. I looked around in this area and it was terribly busy with so many angels sorting out petitions written on voluminous paper sheets and scraps from people all over the world. Then we moved on down a long corridor until we reached the second section. The angel then said to me, this is the packaging and delivery section. Here, the graces and blessings the people ask for are processed and delivered to the living persons who ask for them. I noticed again how busy it was there. There were many angels working hard at that station since so many blessings had been requested and were being packaged for delivery to earth. Finally, at the farthest end of the long corridor, we stopped at the door of a very small station. To my great surprise, only one angel was seated there, idly doing nothing. This is the acknowledgement section, my angel friend quietly admitted to me. He seemed embarrassed. How is it that there is no work going on here, I asked. So sad, the angel sighed. After people receive the blessings that they ask for, very few send back acknowledgments. How does one acknowledge God's blessings, I asked. Simple, the angel answered, just say, thank you, Lord. What blessing should they acknowledge, I ask? If you have food in the refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof overhead, and a place to sleep, you are richer than 75% of this world. If you have money in the bank, in your wallet, and spare change in a dish, you are among the top 8% of the world's wealthy. And if you get this on your own computer, you are part of the 1% in the world who has that opportunity. If you woke up this morning with more health than illness, you are more blessed than the many who will not even survive this day. If you have never experienced the fear in battle, the loneliness of imprisonment, the agony of torture, or the pains of starvation, you are ahead of 700 million people in the world. If you can attend a church without the fear of harassment, arrest, torture, or death, you are envied by and more blessed than three billion people in the world. If your parents are still alive and still married, you are very rare. If you can hold your head up and smile, you are not the norm. You are unique to all those in doubt and despair. Okay, I said. What now? How can I start? The angel said, if you can read this message you just received, a double blessing in that someone was thinking of you as very special and you are more blessed than over two billion people in the world who cannot read at all. Have a good day. Count your blessings. And if you care to, pass this along to remind everyone else how blessed we are. Attention, Acknowledgement Department. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the ability to share this message and for giving me so many wonderful people with whom to share it. This is from 
my friend. When did you last pray for someone other than yourself? When was it that you sat in the presence of others and offered prayers for healing? When last did you pray for reconciliation with a sister or brother in Christ, even your blood relative, sister or brother? Some of us sitting here this morning, we have a lot of reconciliation to do with family members. Should your answer be just a few moments ago or a few days ago, then you have unleashed in your life a powerful ally in the quest for peace. For as peace is to start, it has to start right here. All around us, there are persons, some of us included, who are going through challenging times. They, along with us, need to know that we do not have to go through this alone. When one of us in the community of faith is suffering, all of us, each one of us, share some responsibility for that burden. When one is happy, we rejoice with each other. A few days ago, I received via email the newsletter from one of the churches I once pastored. They were requesting assistance for one of its parishioners, now 100 years old. 100 years old. And the assistance is that she is in need of financial help because she has outlived what? Her money. There's no family. Only the church family. And she is about to be thrust out in these years. Hopefully not on the streets. But someone or those in the church will respond. And they are responding. I know they are responding. Because they always responded when one in their midst was suffering they would reach out to help alleviate the suffering. When we hear a friend of ours has landed a position that they have so longed for, we rejoice, don't we? We are one with them. Some years ago, a college friend of mine was was called upon by the President of these United States of America to be Surgeon General. Wow. Rosa, you know him. You met him. We've met Dave. Dave was CDC Director in Atlanta, President of Meharry College. That's when he came to this conference to speak at our Black College Luncheon. I've known him almost 60 years. I picked up the phone immediately and I called to wish Dave congratulations. Got the answering machine, but I left my message. 
Because just as he was being elevated to that position, so too was I, because I was there with him. Now when I watch the President of the United States do his State of, State of the Union address, I'm always looking out in the gallery on the floor for a buddy of mine because invariably he is going to be close to the edge so that he can reach out to shake the hand of the president. The last time I saw him, I said, Sanford, I am so thrilled because each time I see you doing that, there too am I because I'm living through you. I rejoice because you are there. And I continue to offer him and Dave much success in their endeavors. During the Vietnam War, a war that I, I'm happy that I missed because to tell you the truth, I was on my last leg they were sending me a draft notice and I was about ready to go to Canada because I said I will not take part in, in such. Not when I cannot do things in this country. Why should I be doing that? I am going to leave. Well, a friend of mine was shot down, captured, later released I was distraught the days of captivity I felt as if I was in prison during times like these we become united in prayer Collectively, we pool our resources and we send up the powerful prayers, a singleness of cause that all rancor and bitterness would cease. There today is so much truth in the song. We are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord. And we pray that one day all unity will be restored. For they'll know we are Christians by our love. As a prayer for unity that I share with you, our Creator, we thank you for the privilege of being together at this time and in this place. As your people, we pray that your love will unite us into a fellowship of discovery. Cleanse us of everything that would sap our strength for togetherness. Unravel the knots in our spirits. Cleanse the error of our minds. Free us from the bondage of our negative imaginations. Break down the barriers that sometimes keep us apart and cause us to drift along without a dream. As we go from here, Explode in us new possibilities for service. Kindle within us the fires of your compassion so that we may not wait too long to learn to love. May we be a people with loving purposes, reaching out, breaking wall, building bridges. Let us be your alleluia in a joyless, fragmented world. 
as much as we rely on the power of prayer in our lives, there are those who see prayer as nothing more than an utterance of words. Nothing ever will happen as a result of that. Prayer becomes an outward sign with no depth of soulfulness. In all our praying, we must ever be open to the possibilities which God can do in our lives. Christmas story. A young boy wanted a little red wagon as a Christmas gift. And he told his friends that he was going to pray each night prior to Christmas. He was going to pray that God would give to him a little red wagon on Christmas morning. His friends didn't believe him, but he did. He believed that God would indeed provide him with that wagon. And so he prayed and he prayed all, all night long. He prayed. Christmas morning came. He went to the tree to retrieve his little red wagon. No wagon. Undeterred, he went out to play with his friends. And his friends said to him, well, Johnny, Johnny, did you get your wagon? Did God answer your prayer? And Johnny said, yes, God did. God answered my prayer. God said no. <laughs> there are times when we pray. We want the prayer to be answered affirmatively. God being the parent that God is will sometimes say to us, no. Or God will say, let me think about it. That's the parent that God is. The late Reverend James Cleveland, well-known gospel singer, writer, told this story. One day when he had suffered a heart attack and had been rushed to the emergency room, as he lay there on the gurney, he overheard a conversation among the medical staff that it doesn't look too good for him. We don't think that he's going to make it through the night. Whereupon he raised himself up and he shouted out, The God I serve can do all things and my God is going to make me well. Frightened those who were there. But he continued to say, My friends are already praying for me and you. He fully recovered and was back to preaching and singing, even more zest. He trusted not only the prayer power of his friends but knew that prayers would, up, would hold those charged with his medical recovery. A physician who served us when we lived in, on the peninsula said to me one day, he said, Tom, when I go in to do surgery, I always say a prayer. I ask that God would guide my hand 
that God would give me strength and that God would work through me through the medical technologies that I have at my disposal and would pray for his patience. Wow. Not just medical power, prayer power. Each of us in this room, no doubt, could speak to a time when prayers on our behalf were offered and the results turned out to be positive or they turned out to be what we expected. Have there been times in your life when you have prayed, when you have sent up your prayers? Often say, as our prayers go up, the blessings come down. Unleash the power of prayer in your life. But what of those times when our prayers are not answered in the affirmative or in the way we expect them to be? Are these prayers any less powerful? I once prayed for a million dollars. God said no. God gave me the ability to work to provide for my family. I once prayed to be all powerful, to be a bishop. God said no through God's people. I want you to serve in other ways. When we pray, our prayer ought to be a concern not for ourselves only, but a prayer of concern for others. This prayer says it all. God, help me to talk like a Christian, to speak in such a way that I build up another person's confidence in themselves instead of tearing down their reputation. God, help me to drive like a Christian, to be watchful and careful, lest I cause harm to someone else on the highways. And then I'll add a little little piece here. And keep your finger to yourself. Some of you caught that. Some of you didn't. (laughs) God help me to give like a Christian. Without thought of return. Without anyone knowing what I do. And with your approval as sufficient reward. God, help me to sleep like a Christian at peace with myself because sin is forgiven and at peace with others. I do not allow my anger to last through a day. God, help me to eat like a Christian, to eat healthily, to eat moderately, to eat gratefully, giving thanks to you who provide my food and for the one who prepares my food. God, keep me from being so pious that I keep you out of the practical areas of life. Be with me when I am alone and when I shed my inhibitions, lest in those moments I cancel out all that I seem to be when I'm on my best behavior. God, I ask this because I follow a master who, has, who was never guilty of the slightest wrongdoing and who always showed his love in the small details of living. So how does one talk to God? Take out your phone. Take out your phone and and just call a friend. 
What do you say to that friend? Hey, Rosie, how you doing? I, I haven't seen you in a while, but Rosie, tell me, what's life been like for you? And Celeste will respond, Oh, Rosie, it's been so delightful. Everything is just well. And then you go on and you have that conversation. You know, I've not been feeling so well lately. But I just wanted to call to speak to you because you always give such a cheerful outlook on life. Is that difficult to do? Does it have to be flowery language? Does it have to be something that, will, that you're trying to rehearse for or, or get ahead for? Talk to God in the way that's most comfortable to you. And God will respond. Hear again the words of this morning's epistle. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Lord, listen to your children's praying. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Say that again. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being just like us. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. It's time for us to call Elijah and say, Elijah, let it loose now. Let it loose. Then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth yielded its harvest. My brothers and sisters... If anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will recover a multitude of sins. This is God's word for the people of God. And so here's a prayer that I leave you with. And you might want to fill in the blanks. Almighty God, we pray for our brothers and sisters, named and unnamed. We pray that they may be comforted in their suffering and made whole. When they are afraid, Give them courage. When they feel weak, grant them your strength. When they are afflicted, afford them patience. When they are lost, offer them hope 
When they are alone, move us to their side. When death comes, open your arms to receive them. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And the people of God all said, Amen.